Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. UFC 297 post-fight show right here on the Fight Bananas Network. We got Mr. David Van Auken. We got Blake Schneiders. We got one Bills fan. We got one Chiefs fan here with the game coming up in about two hours. But today is not about the NFL. Today is about the UFC. We have two new champions crowned last night. DDP with the win over Wait, Sean. Wait, there was two title fights? It's, uh, I guess it was almost, it almost felt like there was just one title fight at that point. I mean, uh, general consensus between most people was that co-main event wasn't the worst as, ever. Was yeah. that the worst co-main event in UFC pay-per-view history? Was that the worst? It might be. It's definitely one of the, Sorry. you know, close to one of the worst title fights. I mean, you put there with uh, Izzy and Yoel, um, you know, you have. Uh, Carla Sparza versus um, that was terrible. That was a bad no, no, no. That Rose Namunes Carlo Sparza was a was a Buffalo Bills playoff win into what we saw last night. That fight was a <laughs> last night was just bullshit on a stick for twenty eight minutes. I'm sorry, I'm coming in hot, boys. I'm coming in hot. We had no, it was because me and Blake, we even talked about it yesterday. There was a couple fights that didn't really live up to the expectations, you yeah. know. Even right. Mosar Evloev versus Arnold Allen. There was some fun moments in the fight, but overall the fight wasn't necessarily the the greatest what we've seen. Um until the ending of the uh Magni fight, you know, with Mala, yeah. that was uh pretty much just a one-sided affair. It was really the uh, buzzer beater by Magni that stole the show. And made that an exciting one. But guys, let's kick it off with the main event because there's a lot we can break down and unlayer hey. here. You know, it was an excellent fight overall. Maybe not the most action-packed throughout the entire event, but throughout the beginning of the fight, Sean Strickland asserted that jab. You mm -hmm. saw that early. DDP's eye started to swell up on the left end. But this is when he started to kind of get more aggressive, right? He started to land some takedowns. He was really starting to get closer and closer as the rounds got on by extending those overhand left hand, left hook combinations, starting to get Sean caught on some of them. And he actually cut Sean open pretty badly in the third round. You know, fourth round was definitely DDPs as well, in my opinion. You know, he was able to get the takedown, get some good control. Round five is where it gets interesting. I right. had it potentially two and two. I was watching with my girlfriend. She felt the same way. Right. Obviously, she's not as deep as a fan, but she had a two-two going into the fifth. Um, and I thought Sean might have pulled it out at the end there. I, I, I thought that he was potentially um, going to retain. You know, when they said and yeah. new, I was a little bit surprised, but you can't call it a robbery when it's a fight this no. close. No. People are calling it robberies. When it's this close, razor-thin margins on the fight, 
when you're looking at the fight from next to the cage, the perspective is way different than what we see as a fan. Dave, you as an announcer can can attest to this. You know, we see things sure. a lot differently, you know, when you're looking at the cage versus a monitor. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, getting into that sure. main event, uh, Dave, I'll let you break it down, you know, as far as give us your thoughts, who you thought won. And, you know, what was your thoughts on the on the overall um, show? All right, so the main event, I was so right and so wrong. Um, I had DDP going into the fight. I, I switched probably like midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I was like, wow, uh, Duplessis is going to win the championship. Something hit. I don't know just how Strickland was acting the whole week. Um, you know, maybe a lot of the stuff with the drama and the pro all that stuff. I don't know. I just had a feeling that DDP was going to win. So I guess in that feeling, I was right. My other feeling was I called that fight was going to end within nine minutes. They're both so awkward and they fight so different. I really thought whoever was going to win was going to kind of dominate and just run right through the other. That di that didn't happen. Like it was a 20 minute, 25 minute fight. I was happy with a split decision. I had DDP winning three, two, but if someone wants to say anyone in the world be like, Oh, they had Strickland winning three, two. I'd be like, okay. Like I, I, I see it. Like I, I had Strickland definitely winning round one. I had DDP definitely winning round four. Those are to me like the most yeah. obvious two rounds. Rounds two and three were like both super close. I had DDP winning round two and Strickland three. And some people are telling me the opposite. A lot of people had Strickland winning one and two. So like, that's what I mean. And round five was tricky. So, uh, you know, I want to be right. So I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of not rooting for DDP. And maybe I had a little wager. You know, maybe your boy had a wager. I was going to put it all on Buffalo today. Man, I was going to double the wager. And go all in. So uh, maybe I was rooting for DDP a slight. It just, I know Strickland was, uh, you know, maybe landing better shots in that round, but I think DDP was was leading the dance. And then late in that last minute, and I know it's so hard, horrible to say that sometimes the judges, that's what they remember. Like, it seems like DDP, I know they were both going ham there for a minute, but in that, I thought DDP won that last 45 seconds. I really do. And so, like, I thought he lost the round, but won the last minute, and maybe that's what kind of uh, persuaded them. So I had DDP winning three two, but if anyone says Strickland three two, I'm no argument, no robbery. I'm fine. <laughs> I really do hope these these boys run it back in the near future, but it looks like it will be Izzy DDP. But Blake, well, what do you got, dude? And what do you? I know you're gonna have an awful night tonight. I know you're gonna have a, be in a horrible mood because Josh Allen's gonna run on your ass like DDP did on Strickland. But what do you think about the fight, bro? First and foremost, Kansas City Chiefs all fucking day. That's the last I'm gonna say about it. We're coming for that ass, all right, Dave. Second off, uh, for the Strickland DDP fight, I loved the fight. I actually, I had money on the fight begrudgingly, as much as I am a strong Strickland fan, I took DDP on the money. I took him Smart man. favorite. And unfortunately, my bet didn't pan out, but the fight that they gave us was amazing because uh, I had a parlay going. That's why I didn't pan out. But, um, <laughs> but uh, overall, the fight was phenomenal. I actually expected DDP to use a little bit more of the wrestling. And I don't know if Strickland set the tone with that jab that really kind of made it a so lot beautiful. more of a stand-up fight than DDP was, was wanting. I thought he was going to try to take Strickland down and really test his ground game because I think that's something that we don't see Strickland get to put on display in large quantities like some other fighters. But from all we've heard and from the little we've seen, he does have a good ground game and he's got a great takedown defense game. 
That's what yeah. he really does well. And I thought I thought he did a really good job of of making it very hard for Duplessis to take him down and keep him down. He kept wanting to get back up. It wasn't quite Derek Lewis showing us that jujitsu just apparently isn't a thing, but it is. It was it was very effective. And I also think that he set the tone with with what he was able to do with that jab. That was a boxing jab if I have ever seen one, guys. Bro, that was something so we do not see. It was beautiful. Dave, you're right. It was beautiful. That's something so you don't beautiful. really see as much in MMA with, with a, such dynamic striking that we get to see. He put on a boxing clinic against TDP, and that was awesome. I think this really shows you how good of a boxer Sean Strickland is. I had the first two rounds. Um, I had Sean Strickland obviously winning the first round, setting the tone, setting the pace with his jab. Right. I could have given you a toss-up for round two. I really had it Strickland for the first two, Drikas for okay. the next two. I had Strickland winning the third round, but I do agree with you, Dave. I think as much as they were going back and forth in that last minute, last 45 seconds, I thought yeah. Sean landed big strikes. I thought Drikas okay. landed I thought Drikas landed clean strikes. There's a di- obviously the difference. I think I thought sure. Drikas were a little bit more on the money. Sean was just kind of flailing and trying to give it his all. Right. In my opinion, I don't know what you guys think, and I really want both John and Dave's opinion here. I'm kind of of the of the party that you have to beat the champ. You have to beat the champ, and I know that there's differing opinions on this, but I'm like, man, did Drikas really? Full on beat you? Was it too close? If it was razor thin, do you go with the champion? Do you kick Strickland out? Because that's you know who knows. He's a he's a very polarizing figure for some people. I fucking love the guy. I love everything yeah, he's yeah. about. I also love Duplessis. So there was no like, oh, the good guy versus the bad guy. I was just like, these are two badass motherfuckers. Um, am I happy that Drikas is the champ? Sure. Like I I, I was not going to be disappointed with whoever they rose, uh, whoever got their hand raised at the end of that fight because both of them put on a, a spectacular performance. But what do you guys think about, do you have to outright beat the champ? Dave, you look like you've got quite a few. I, I got something so good here. Hey, John, I want to hear you talk, brother. It's been like six minutes. I haven't heard you talk. I'm literally <laughs> here on the show for you. I'm just, I just, I just want to promote the bills and, and, and talk to John, but I got something so good here. Blake, like literally teed me up. The bases are fucking loaded. He put the ball on the tee for me. I, I've been on this for five years. And uh, say bye to your moms and no goddess here. Oh, that's awesome, Zap. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you, Zap. Um, uh, no, I'm the exact opposite of the champ thing. I, I never understood that. Like, every fight is its own entity. Like, they're, they're, the judges should be like, wait a second, Dan Henderson had a great career in Pride, and he just got his ass whooped in D.C., but, you know, let, let's give him some bonus points because how great he was. That fight, that 25 minutes, it's its own 25-minute entity. Mm. If people had DDP winning 3-2, you shouldn't be like, wait, Strickland's the champ, and you, you can't win the fight that close 3-2. Because what do you do about the, you know, fights earlier on? Like, you know, does Arnold Allen get a lean one way because he was higher on the rankings? Like, where does that ever stop? It's like every fight, every round is its own entity. I never understood you have to, like, beat the champ. Like, he did beat the champ. 3-2 via split decision. Maybe a controversial split decision. But he did. Like, each fight is its own entity. Like, I never understood that process. Like, I don't know. Like, imagine you're, you're working... And and someone was been there for 15 years and like, but now they're old and they're not good at their job anymore. And it's like 15 years. It's like, 
but you're awesome right now. Like if if your boss goes, who had a better year? Dude, Blake had a better year. You know what I mean? Josh yeah. Allen's whooping Patrick Mahomes this his ass this year. <laughs> He's a better quarterback right now. Not not five years ago. Mahomes is a two-time Super Bowl champ, you know? So right now, Josh Allen's gonna win. Right now, he's a better player. DDP deserved that win. And um that, that's that's my hot take. It's not even I just every fight is its own entity. I just never understood that. I absolutely agree with you. I, I think you're 100% correct. You know, I think that there's every fight, you know, you're not going to look at it just because he's the champ. And even if, right, looking at the scorecards, every one of the judges gave the fifth round to Sean Strickland anyways, right? It was the third round that was the dissenting round awesome. that two went to DDP, one went to yeah. Sean Strickland, right? So even if that yeah. case, like, okay, you know, you got to beat the champ, right? Yeah. The fifth round, they all gave to Sean Strickland, but I'm 100% agreeance with Dave, right? I don't care who's in there. I don't care when the time period, if the title is on the line, if the title is not on the line, there is one type of way you judge a fight and you stick to that manner. Now, judging is yeah. all over the place, right? Yes. You don't want to add something it. like this to even make it more, you know, there's more controversy or more things going on just because, oh, he was the champion, was razor thin, so we'll give it to him. You know what I mean? I so, yeah, no, I definitely the, agree only reason I, the only reason I say that is, is me and John have talked about this a ton as far as, and I'm just going to ask you, Dave, did Dominic Reyes beat John Jones? Yeah, he won that fight. Okay, we're not talking about it then. I don't care. On to the next fucking topic. Thank you. Like, that's definitely. the right answer. Like, I, okay. you know, dude, I, I, I was doing shots with John Jones in Las Vegas. He's a great <laughs> guy. Him and Jorge are boys. Like, I, you know, it's awesome. I would say if John asked me that man to man, be like, Hey, be honest with you. I had Dominic Reyes up three, two. I just did like John Jones had a better career. I'm, you know, dude, maybe the goat career in the UFC He's the greatest I've ever seen. But that night, that fight Reyes won. Okay. That I just wanted to back up your guys's points that you made with a very solidifying question. Absolutely. Go. So moving on to, um, you know, right before we get to the, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to give you as a quick, give us a quick preview because we might be seeing Adesanya versus yeah. DDP next. Exactly. That might be, exactly. we could potentially be seeing something at UFC 300. I don't know what, uh, before I'm gonna let you go Dave real quick. Dana White said something last night that yeah. during his press conference that got me intrigued when they asked about Israel Adesanya, he said, you'll know next week. Yes. And that one statement made me think there's maybe works in the plans for Izzy. I don't know if it's a title fight. I don't know if it's Hamzat, but I, I'm just curious to see. Dave, I'll let you fire it off. Thoughts on if DDP and Adesanya next, or you also looked like you had something else to say. So, uh, no, with that, I'm, I, I cannot wait, dude. Tuesday, we're, we're live for multiple hours. And I like, I was like, John, as soon as you said, hey, Dave, you were open today, I'm like, not really, but I'm going to make this fucking work. I got so much in my head. You know, I just, I cannot wait to go live. But Tuesday couldn't wait. Um, dude, Dana White was so smiley and so bubbly anytime 300 came along. And I've been saying this forever. Like, all my buddies and all my friends are like, dude, I'm disappointed with 300. I'm like, for what, guys? The UFC 300 card is absolutely amazing and stacked. And for the first time ever, what the UFC has done, except for any other pay-per-view ever, they always give you the, they get, hey, UFC 298's Volkanovski and Tapora, and then they give you the rest of the fights. Oh, 299, Cheeto and Sean, the rest of the fights. For some reason, for UFC 300, they kind of went backwards. They literally said Bo Nickel and Cody Brundage. That's going to be the first prelim. They started on the, you know, on the way up. Uh, dude, I've been saying it forever. I think Conor McGregor is on UFC 300. I think it's McGregor and Chandler's the main event. I just, it's, 
too easy. It's too right there. Dude, they're not waiting to June. Why would they no. fucking wait to June? Like, what are yeah. they doing? Like, who's waiting to June? Michael, and I, I know this for a fact, Michael Chandler's in the gym training. If he's fighting in June, why are why you training? Why is he training now? Yeah. Why Why are you working out, bro? Why are you training? Like, dude, if I, if I had a $2 million thing in June, you ready? I'll be in goddamn bubble wrap. I wouldn't be training. What I mean, if he tears his ACL, uh, you know, tricep, he's out. So there's something fishy about that. Then if I, you know, hey, hey, then let's call a spade a spade. Connor's loose and out there. Maybe Dana's really won that, and that's the thing. But if something Connor goes, no, I'm not doing it. I think 100% of Connor's not main eventing. Israel and Asanya's main event in that card. I thought there's a slight chance we're going to see Izzy Piera three as a light heavyweight, as a middleweight, who gives a fuck, as a 195, whatever. That fight would be amazing. But now with Duplessis winning, and it looks like he was busted up with the eye, and the jab got him, but it seems like he you know, didn't break his foot. seems like right. he didn't break his hand, nothing crazy like that. I, Dude, I think it's Izzy Duplessis 100% is going to happen at 300. It might headline if Connor can't do it. But if Connor's going to do it, it'll be Connor Chandler. They got four spots open. Mm. Connor Chandler's the main. Do places Izzy's the co. Uh, and Kalayev and Piera's the the feature. And then Leon and Bilal for the welterweight is the next one. That. And then you start the night with the BMF. Like you literally just you have the greatest card in the history of the UFC. And if you have those four fights and there's four spots open, that's the greatest card ever. Blake, any thoughts? Uh, fucking Dave just summed the shit out of that. I I love yeah, it. I'm just I love everything about that. Um, yeah. No, I, I think I think 100. If Chandler is in the gym, like 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 Dave's talking, I don't know why. And they've been talking about this and talking about this. You had the whole Ultimate Fighter with them. Like why? Yeah. There's no reason to put it off because the longer you put it off, it's going to lose its luster. Are we all yeah. still going to watch it if it do, if it does get put off for some reason? Yeah. But like no, it fucking strike while the iron's hot. Dana knows that it's a promotion game. Fucking make it happen. I, I think that I think that would be amazing. And, and they're talking about doing the fight at 185. So you know what I mean. It's not like they have to cut a bunch of weight. To your point, Dave, yeah. if he's training right now, he's he's gonna be naturally starting to drop some weight. I don't know if that's gonna happen at 185. I don't know. Yeah. If it's at I think I think I think 170. My guess would be at 170. A little bit of a well, weight cut from there. I'm interested. I'm yeah, curious. Yeah, yeah. I just do. That them find at 185, the winner, nothing happens. Like even at 170. If Connor wins, oh, like holy shit! You could do Connor, Leon, Con- Connor, Bilal. You can even say, hey, Connor won. Connor, Makhlchev, or whoever's at one fifty-five. Connor, Gaethje at that time, whatever you want. And of course, if Chandler wins at one seventy, I think it's still close enough that you could say, hey, Connor's fought Chandler, and uh, I mean, Ch- uh, Gaethje and uh, Dustin. You can do that of something. <laughs> God forbid, like, dude. How about Michael Chandler and Leon Edwards for the welterweight championship? Like, that's that's crazy. Like, that would be fun. That'd be awesome. Definitely, that'd be interesting. You also got to see what happens with Bilal there, too. You know what I mean? He had the uh, I'm a bully, your son, and the thing. And that yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but we've always, you know, I want to get in a little bit into this co-main event and really just kind of what can be done about this 135-pound division, right? Because, you know, obviously with the retirement of Amanda Nunez, you know, that – um, essentially, she was the division, right? Watching her decimate all of her opponents—that was essentially the the most fun part about watching that division fight. But now, you know, you have Juliana Pena, who's not really the most interesting, in my opinion. You know, uh, you have a, you know some older fighters like Holly Holm. You have uh, your Raquel, you know, I mean, who just won the, fight, the title, but 
you know, it's just the division just seems like it needs some life. And I'm not sure where they can go to get some of it. I don't know if it's too spread out or, or we what should take. Blake, I'll let you start off the, this topic. You know, what do you think can be done to this 135-pound division? Do you think maybe they should just throw them in a TLC or a Hell in a Cell match? <laughs> yeah, no I Royal think, Rumble. I think you break out, uh, break out the ladders, break out the chairs, break out the cage, trap them in. Survivor wins forever, and there's never a division after that. Uh, yes. No, I think it's, I think it's tough. Um, I. I None of these, none of the the ladies, and no, get me wrong, no disrespect to any of these fighters, but none of them really move the dial for a lot of people. I don't think wow. Juliana Pena, yeah, Amanda Nunez. Everybody loved watching Amanda Nunez because she was larger than life. She was the greatest of all time in that division, if not the greatest women's fighter ever. It, it's it was she had so much to her. There's not a lot of story and push behind a lot of these other girls. I mean, Rockwell Pennington's cool, Pena, Silva, but like. Holly Holmes getting old, you know, like that, that's not, she knows that everybody knows that, you know, Misha Tate is old. She was originally one of the founders with, with uh, Rhonda coming into the women's MMA. That whole thing was, was amazing when it happened back in the day. Now she has made a little bit of a resurgence. Love to see it. She goes out and gets a win after she come back. Um, does she have enough to push up for the, the title? Maybe, you know, she's a seasoned vet. She still clearly has it. And she's the only one, like, in my opinion, that that has, like, a story. She's got enough drive and, and uh, kind of a, a social push behind her that people can get around and be like, oh, dude, fucking Misha Tate, the resurgence. Can she lead the division? All the other women, unfortunately, it's just nobody – there's not a whole lot of story. There's not a whole lot of something to grip onto as a fan, I think. And yeah, that sucks. I, no, definitely. And I know some other promotions, what they do is they have, like, an atom weight where they have a 105. So I don't know, maybe replacing the 135 with like a 105 division. You know what I mean? Dave, thoughts on that and, and other thoughts on reviving this division? I totally agree. I, I've been hearing that and I, uh, you know, even know some 105ers out there. I think the 105ers would be more exciting. Kind of be like the male flyweights. The girls just never stop. Um, and they kind of just, you know, let's just be honest, maybe look better and just they kind of are faster and all that stuff i think the 105ers could be better for sure i just think where they really messed up especially with this with the 135 like to put this as the co-main and yeah. it was like big in toronto and like dude and i don't want to leave this with sean strickland i kind of wanted to mention this earlier sean strickland's a freaking superstar and it's crazy because i feel like i see so much of it with analytics with fight bananas with stuff that we post or podcasts we post or all of our posts that we do of pictures. Dude, Sean Strickland is a freaking megastar. So like he made this pay-per-view and he made it almost must-see TV. But those girls, Rocky and Silva can't be a co-main event. I'm not joking. I it, it, I, it was arguably the worst co-main event going into it. And then they, they probably even undersold what the fight was gonna be. Like it was horrendous. It, like it was so bad. And it's just such a black eye for the, the whole division. And I know Pena's going to come back and really do some things. For one, you got to make that a fight night main event and get it off yeah. of the goddamn pay-per-view. Yeah. Or, like, let's be honest. Let's just put it on UFC 299 or 298 where you can, like, 298, you got Marab and Henry. And you got that awesome co-main event. Um, uh, it, it's 
Uh, oh, uh, you know, Costa versus Whitaker. And then mm. you got, of course, the main event, Staporia and Volkanovski, maybe the most underrated fight of the first quarter. I love that fight. Like, if you just put that a part of the card, like, no one cares about it. And, like, it just kind of moves it going, moves the division going. But you make it the co-main event of the first pay-per-view of the year. It was just like it had such a big spotlight on it. I'm like, that's horrible. Like, that's a bad spot. You almost – you set them up to fail. And let's just be honest, they fail. Like, it was horrible. The fight sucked. Um, everything about it, behind it, like, uh, I thought it was shit. Just Dave, pure shit. Dave, do you think that Dana knew that and still wanted to push it? Or do you think it it surprised even Dana that it, it just w- was a flop? Uh, a little bit of both. You know, a dude, and I probably know too much of this because it, it's so – I'm really lucky to have, you know, friends in the industry and even, like, Oh, agents, and you hear, like, fight announcements. One, they really wanted Cejudo and Marab on this card. Like, they set that up. When they set this fight up, it was going to be on this card. And I think probably that would have been the co-main event or give it a lot more pop. Uh, it Like Henry says, he wasn't ready. Like, he wanted another month. So that happened. And then not even that. Like, uh, Jan Bonhovich and Dominic Reyes yes. was supposed to be on the, Like, they had a couple other fights. A lot of stuff fell through. And, like... I felt like he was trying to sneak it on this card, if that makes sense. Because the, the the next three, four months are stacked. Like, And the dude, this has been a vacant title. And Chael Sonnen mentioned it. The vacant title's been there for like eight months. Like, yeah. why wasn't this fight happening? Like, yeah. I feel like there was no spot to put it in. And he tried to sneak it on this card. And it didn't work. It, it backfired. I thought it was shit. Like, it was, it was bad. The fight card needed another big fight and um, didn't get it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Pena versus Rocky is a fight night main event. And then we'll be kind of pumped for it because it's on a Saturday. It's free on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the way you put it. And like you said, Dominic Reyes and Carlos Erlberg, that was a an exciting fight. And yeah. then you had the, the Jan yeah. Blahovich and then Alexander Rockage fight, which fell through as well, which would have made this yeah. card a lot stronger. You probably would have had Neil Magny headlining the uh, prelims with uh, Mike Mala instead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um you know what I mean? But it would have been a lot more enticing. The card overall, for some reason, it just felt like there was a little bit of a drag to it. I'm not sure if because of all the Canadian losses that they're beside, you know, Julian Robertson and, and Jasmine. But, you know, um, uh, you know, it was it really felt like the the crowd wasn't as into it as they potentially could have been. It just didn't have the energy in the building. Uh, real quick, though, because, you know, we're coming up here on 30 minutes. I want to break down. Um, just a couple more fights, Dave. Quick reaction on you know potentially the next number one or close to number one contender fight with Mosar Evloev taking it over Arnold Allen. You know where do you see as the next direction from him going on from this uh, from this victory? Before even that, like I didn't think the the fight wasn't great. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Like uh, Dana White called it the worst fight he's ever seen. I don't yeah. know if you guys saw that in the press conference. Like. Like, I'm watching it. I'm like, no, like, you know, it wasn't great. And it probably, I, I know that they like to usually do pay-per-view. Big, um, first fight of pay-per-views were literally Poirier and Chandler. They like uh, Ferguson and Chandler. Sometimes they love to make you pop at the beginning of the pay-per-view. Uh, you know, on a, uh, a WWE pay-per-view, they always put the Hardy Boys first because they got everyone going. You did the dance and everything. You got it going. Exactly. So, like, I, I do agree. It, it did, like, it wasn't great by any means. But uh, I don't think it was the worst fight ever. Dude, Mozart is one of those guys. Like, he keeps winning. Like, dude, Diego uh, Diego Lopez, everyone loves him. But he, he beat him. Like, he keeps on winning these top 10 guys. I don't know what's next. Like, he's got to fight a top five, top seven guy. 
But let's be honest, Dana doesn't like him. Like Dana thinks he's boring, and that's not a good sign. I bet you he's going to get a horrible, you know, you know, opponent, and like probably a bad spot on the card. But I guess that's next for him. And Arnold Allen, man, I feel, almost feel bad for him. What a great run. And then you go against Max Holloway, and now you go against Mostarf, and now two losses in a row. Uh, just, it, you know, I feel like a year ago he had, he was one of those buzzing guys. Like he was undefeated in the division. Could he be a world champion one day? And now it's like, is he kind of like a, the gatekeeper a little bit uh, for the division? Yeah, it's tough for him because, like you said, he was one of those guys that you had in the same conversation of like um, the Shavkats, you know what I mean? The, right, uh, right, you know, right, things right, of that right. nature. It's like, okay, undefeated, you know, he's going up against Max Holloway, you know, and he's yeah. like on, on the cusp, you know, but then you go and you lose to another up and comer. And, you know, this is always those, you know, crossroads where you see like Armand versus Islam three, four years ago. And you might see him again in the future with those two guys again, but like, you know, with, with uh, Arnold Allen, it's tough. But for Mosar, you know, potentially, who do you guys expect to be next for him? You know, Yair Rodriguez coming off a loss against Alexander Volkanovsky. That's a potential matchup. Uh, I'm not sure Dude, if... Uh, Yair's fighting Ortega in like in a month, two months. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, that's that's right. They're doing that one. Um, like, I mean, no, Josh Bennett just got a, another win over Bryce Mitchell that maybe puts him up there. Yeah. But I think that's I think that's a very solvable puzzle for Movstar. I think he's going to be able to yeah. get yeah, that's yeah. like a you know, he's a he's not a one dimensional fighter is Josh Emmett. But, you know, that's what he's known for. And I think Movstar is more layers to his fight. So who do you think uh, potentially Blake? I'll go to you on this one. Who do you think he sees next? Man, I mean, obviously nobody in the top five right now and, and six if you count Emmett. I mean, do you just feed him to Giga and see what happens? I mean, yeah. if, if 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 Dana says he's boring, well, Giga's not, so right. get, feed him to right. him. And if he if he really subdues him and makes that fight kind of that just gritty battle where it's like a lot's happening, but nothing's happening, so I'm not really sure how to view it. Like, you know who used to do a lot of that was was my favorite, Ben Askren. But, but Dana felt the exact same way about him. He was like, he fucking just, he just nullifies everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, and we all know uh, uh, Dave's boy. Uh, we know what Dave's best friend did to, did to Askren in the ring. So baptized. But uh, you know, I think you feed him to Giga, and you know, it's either gonna go I like that. two I like ways. That. It's either gonna be exactly what you thought, and Giga's gonna go out there and show him that hey, this is a place to put on a show, or he's gonna keep doing the same thing. And now we really got to be like, okay, what the fuck do you do with this guy? I mean. You got to give him somebody, and if he's going to do this to everybody, yeah. is he just that good? Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe he's boring to you, but if he fucking keeps winning, then you can't you can't deny real, recognize real, man. Definitely. Maybe and you maybe put him as a backup for a lot of these. Like I said, Yair and Ortega yes. about to fight. Like there's there's like four big of these fights. Uh, you know, you put him as a backup. You're like, dude, you better get stay ready because we don't love you, and like we're not going to give you one of these top five, top seven guys. So if one of these big matchups fall out, one of them, we're going to spot you in there. Like, we're yeah. going to throw you into the fire. So stay ready. But, boys, it's been 30 minutes. I want you guys to stay on. It's the best, you know, post-fight show in the world. But I got to start cooking wings, all right? I got to start cooking wings. I eat, I eat seven wings every time the Bills get a touchdown. So I got to cook around 49 <laughs> wings because we're scoring oh, yeah. seven touchdowns. Oh, Josh Allen's going to run all over Chris Jones and his, and his you know, selfish salary ways. We're not like that in Buffalo. We're just we're giving people in Buffalo. We just want the whole team to be good. I'm so damn excited for this game. I, I didn't sleep last night after the pay-per-view. 
All I can think of was 6.30 Eastern time, the Bills against our nemesis, the Chiefs who beats us every time in the postseason. But these boys from Kansas City, they're not at home anymore. You know, they're, they're not, they're not like in there. Like that all fucking Airbnb. matters. They're traveling to Buffalo in the snow. They better get ready because Josh Allen and the Hulkamaniacs are going to run wild on you. <laughs> Dave, you live in Florida. You're not a fucking Buffaloian anymore, all right? Buffaloian. Palm trees, dude. Wait, wait. Look at those beautiful palm trees back there. Jeez. It's a beautiful day. Uh, I got snow yeah, on the ground bad. here in Kansas City. So it's oh, in the frozen tundra of Orchard Park. Well, I'll tell you what, brother. We're going to reach down that throat. We're going to rip out your heart because Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are the absolute nemesis of the Buffalo Bills. It's true. It's true. Dude, unreal. John, you're the best, dude. Hey, let's talk soon off air because maybe we got to chill Friday night. The kickback in Miami, Florida. Let's kick back Friday night. All right, brother? Let's try to get it done. Blake, dude, you're the man. When are you coming to Florida, dude? Let's do some things. March 2nd, Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA live in Orlando, Florida. I got VIP tickets on VIP tickets. You can be sitting outside. You can be smoking that. uh, I mean, you can be doing... You can be doing something with Jorge Masvidal, maybe. I don't know. Do whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Come to Orlando, brother. What are you doing? If if you got tickets, I'll get a plane ticket. Dude, I got... You're VIP. You'll be be, uh, doing shots. I can't even tell you who are the new commentary member the third person in the booth they might say it's a mystery opponent it's like the third guy in the nwo it's gonna blow your mind the last we'll entrance of the royal rumble with this man backstage i'm gonna text you then we're gonna let's make a plan i, I want right. to do some shit right, awesome all awesome right, guys you guys are the best you guys are the best all right no, you're the best dave thanks all for right, giving bro. us the time man. good luck tonight brother don't need awesome it. blake hey <laughs> I, I don't think there's a better way to close the show out, man. Um, no. I, I think that was it. I mean, we had some great fights overall, you know. Um, definitely want to give a shout-out for Neil Magny getting that buzzer-beater victory. I thought that was awesome. Oh. Shout-out to Jillian Roberts as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't even give any love to old Jilly. She fucking yeah. went out there and got the fucking knockout win, baby. That's Let's what I was go. Say. She, uh, I mean, her and, and Asim and the Gochet out there, you know, they're just on a roll. I mean, um, you know, Asim Zaidi, the head coach of the of the Gochet in Miami with Jillian Robertson, where she trains, man. They're a bunch of savages. Hopefully we can make it out there. Um, she was absolutely dominant. Since she's gone to Miami, she's just leveled up, man. So she's taking on an Alex Neville. Blake, any closing thoughts before we close out here, my man? Uh, closing thoughts. Just wanted to give a big shout out uh, as well or, or a little recognition to uh, Garrett Armfield fighting i've seen him fight in the fac uh, the fac circuit here in kansas city out of st louis he got a win last night over brad katana the two-time uh contender champion so that was awesome um i also thought it was hilarious that uh the charles jordan sean woodson fight which i thought fucking sucked as well but the best most entertaining part of that fight was when sean woodson thought he lost and charles jordan started started yelling because he thought he won and actually sean won so they had to bring him back in the cage and that whole kerfuffle um overall uh decent decent pay-per-view that's the best i can give it it was decent it was a c and that might be overgrading it it was a c over i I would give it like a c C minus c minus yeah just because a couple of the prelims were nice they had some good fights on there you know as well but yeah we're looking forward to the next one we don't have ufc next week man no, we're, I know. we're going two weeks without it again the next time you'll see us 
we'll see Money Moicano versus Drew Dober and Roman Delice versus Nasruddin Imavov in the main event. Blake, as always, appreciate you. Shout out to Mr. Dave Van Auken for giving us the platform and joining us here on this beautiful Sunday. Yes, but as always, guys, if you're not already subscribed, following us on every platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything, make sure you guys follow us. Make sure you guys follow us on our socials as well. And we'll catch you guys after the next fight.